Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Atheists and some agnostics will critique Christians and bring the accusation against them that they have created God and have created him in their image. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes we do. Although they are wrong in their presumption that there is no God, they are right that often we Christians attempt to mold and shape God into our image, into a God that we are comfortable with, into a God who affirms us in our sin to a God who blesses our chains into a God that paints all things and despite the fall still calls them good. Someone recently teased me about one of my favorite sayings and it's not. It's one of my least favorite saying, and it goes like this. It's all good. It's not all good. Indeed, God created all things good, but because of the fall, because God's creation is out of right relationship with the Creator, things are distorted. Things are fallen. Things are not as they and it's not true that it's all good. There are many things that are uncomfortable. It is true that God loves us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us just as we are. He doesn't come and sit with us in the prison of sin and weep with us in our imprisonment and share with us in our brokenness and simply then say, your sin and your brokenness is holy. No, he says, let us leave this place. Take my hand, trust in me, believe in my word. Let us cast off these shackles. Let us leave this place. Come, know my forgiveness and my love, and I shall sustain you. But so often, what we are familiar with, even if it is unhealthy, we identify with. What's familiar to us, we identify with. If it's healthy and we're familiar with it, we identify with it. If it's unhealthy and we're familiar with it, we identify with it. We as human beings identify with that which is familiar to us. This is true spiritually, 
and this is true psychologically. You have a PhD in psychology. Is what I'm saying true? Absolutely. Thank you, doctor. This has now been affirmed. And so if we become familiar with our sin, we shall identify with our sin. We are familiar with our brokenness if we become familiar with a life of bondage and slavery to sin and to the power of death, then we shall identify with these things. And if we identify with these things, then they, as ill as they are, will bring us both security and comfort. And so the Lord comes into our lives and says to us, I love you just as you are, but I love you too much to leave you this way. Come, let us leave this place. And we say, Lord, but I'm familiar with this place. This place is home to me. I identify with this place. This place brings me security and comfort. The Lord says, you are to be my family. You and I are to be familiar. You see the relationship between the word familiar and family. You are to be familiar with me. You are to identify with me and my word. I will bring you comfort. I will bring you security. As it says in Psalm 31, 1-6, In thee, O Lord, do I seek refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In thy righteousness deliver me. Incline thy ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be thou a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. Yea, thou art my rock and my fortress. For thy name's sake lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net which is hidden for me, for thou art my refuge. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Thou hatest those who pay regard to vain idols, but I trust in the Lord. In thee, O Lord, do I take refuge. I do that almost none of the time. I so often turn to those things that I'm familiar with for strength and refuge even before God. I will turn to Christine, or I'll turn to my friends or other members of my family, or I'll turn to those who think like I do so that I can say, Others think this, but I think that. So then I listen to those beautiful words. I agree with you, Archdeacon. How right you are, how wrong they are. Absolutely. Amen. I knew I could count on you, Bob. But we are not to turn to these things first, in some of them ever, for strength and refuge. We are to turn to God and to seek the Lord. In 
thee, O Lord, do I seek refuge. Ask yourself, is this what you do? Do you turn to the Lord and to his word? Do you turn to prayer and to his presence in the sacrament? Do you come seeking forgiveness and absolution of your sin so that these obstacles can be removed before seeking anything else? Or do you rely on yourself? Do you rely on others in this world? Do you rely on those things that are familiar to you? And if so, then here's the question for you, for me. Why are these things more familiar to us than the Lord in his word? In thee, O Lord, do I seek refuge. Let me never be put to shame. These other things will always lead us to shame. They will always let us even if I seek out Christine, if I seek my relationship with her apart from the gift she is to us, to me, well, to us, but to me in Christ, then she will let me down. Everything in this world will let us down. I will let you down. You will let me down. Your spouse will let you down. Your children will let you down. Your church family will let you down. Those whom you love will let you down. If you seek them apart from Christ and seeking Christ first, all things will let you down. But if you seek Christ, then Christ often will work through those people and situations that he has given to us. And he will, as it says in Romans 8, 28, work all things for good in the hearts of those who love him. So then the only question becomes, do you love him? If the answer is yes, then he's working all things for good in your life. It's sometimes hard to see how he is at work or how he is working all things for good. But he calls us to trust him he is working all things for good. Incline thy ear to me. Rescue me speedily, O God. This week I went down to a Christian bookstore in Auburn to buy a book to read over vacation. And I saw a t-shirt for $10.00. They said, search and rescue. It had like the fire cross, you know, the firefighter's cross on it. But in the middle of that cross was an image of Jesus. And it says, he is on a search and rescue mission for you. And I thought, for ten bucks, I think I'll try being one of those crazy Christians. I think I'll wear this on, on vacation. So I purchased it. He must be our rescuer. He must be our safeguard. We are told in the first lesson, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets, that is, the false prophets, who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. That is, vain hopes are when we place our hopes in the things of this world, not in God. If we are trusting in our education, or our, in our intelligence, or in our wealth, 
or in our influence, or in our health, or in other people. Surely, we are heading in the wrong way. But if our hope is in the Lord God, He will not let us down. He is working all things for good. We are not to trust in vain hope, but in the hope of God. The hope which is ours in Jesus Christ, that hope which is made known to us through the word of God, through the sacraments, faith, church. Don't raise your hand because this is a rhetorical question, but how many of you prepared today to receive the Lord in the fellowship of the church and through the proclamation of his church and through the Holy Sacrament by spending some quiet time with him in the Word. How many of you opened the Bible and said, Lord, in thee and in thy word do I trust. Place thy word in my heart that it may take deep root and bear forth much fruit. So often, even those of us who are Christian trust vainly. We hope in vain in things apart from God. And sometimes we confuse them. Sometimes I may say, but yes, I can trust in Christine and place my hope in her because God gave her to me. But you see, it's a matter of order. I have to first trust in God and then through her, he will sometimes speak. I will know when he is speaking because it's when she agrees with me. No. So apparently God doesn't speak to her very much. So often we seek in vain. We hope in things of this world and not in the Lord and in his word. God goes on. Thus says the Lord hosts that these false prophets prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds and not from the mouth of the Lord. See, if I get up here and I speak a vision that is of my own mind, if it's my own desire, or I speak to you what I believe you want to hear and what's going to make you comfortable and what might make you increase your pledge, What would you do? No. <laughs> then I am speaking visions of my own mind and not the word of God. Every bishop, priest, and deacon who's ordained in the Anglican tradition of the Catholic Church takes a vow at their ordination that they will not preach or teach anything that's necessary for salvation unless it is grounded in God's word. That is, although we proclaim the Catholic faith, we proclaim that faith as it is known through the Bible. I cannot speak of my own desires or what makes you feel blessed. Otherwise, the critique of the atheists and the agnostics is true. We are creating a God in our image and likeness rather being formed by God and by the power of his word and the fire of his spirit into the image and likeness of God. 
the Lord God goes on to say, these false prophets continually 